Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there uh, taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in uh, Tupelo. Be a little weird, Robbie, if uh, Brupolo was in Possum Neck. Oh, yes, it would. Nobody would be, you know, know no, what to do with that. Possum Brew doesn't have a good name to it either. Could they, make a, could they make a Possum Neck uh, Strange Brew drink? I'm sure they could. I don't know what you'd call it. You know, you just want to call it the Possum Neck? Yeah, just, just you know, put a little Possum in a, oh. in a cup and drink it. That doesn't sound very good. That is not a million-dollar idea. No. Maybe that doesn't work. Yeah. Wherever you are in our great state, you're looking for some uh, great coffee. It's just a click away. It's at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Whatever kind of coffee machine is on the front counter of your house, they got you covered at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for. They've got it all. Polos, T-shirts, hats, stuff for the kids, stuff for the ladies, and then, of course, stuff for your car, your tailgate, your home. It really is a one-stop shop. Two locations to serve you in the Jackson area. They're originally by Fleet Feet, followed by the Half Shell. Or you can always shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler remains, to this day, the best restaurant in Starkville. It has the best blue plate in town by a large, large margin. Let's, let's talk about that for a second. Because, you know, lunch is... is I think lunch is kind of underrated sometimes, you know? It, it's, it's a little pick-me-up in the middle of the day. It's You know, it's the halfway point of your work day. So, you know, you got to enjoy lunch, and the best way to enjoy lunch is to have a great blue plate at Restaurant Tyler. Great meat selections, great veggies. Maybe get a crawfish dip while you're there. Live it up a little bit, why don't you? Enjoy yourself every time out at Restaurant Tyler. Priority One Bank, 16 locations throughout central Mississippi there to serve you. Find a location nearest you at PriorityOneBank.com and get to know your local bankers. We talk about eat local and buy local and shop local all the time. Banking local is very important as well. That way, when you need to make a decision for a loan, for your car, for a for a uh, home improvement, for, for a small business, whatever it is, you get to talk to bankers who you've built a relationship with, and they make the final decision at each Priority One bank. They do it locally. Check them out again. The website is PriorityOneBank.com. Become a Priority One Bank customer today. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Well, nothing improved between Sunday and Monday, so here we are. But we have to talk about this a little bit. And, uh, you know, you gotta, yeah, I hate prefacing remarks, Robbie. 
I hate when I like I have to preface my remarks because I'm I'm about to do the Portnoy thing. It's coming right here. But yes, exactly. I like Everett Kennard. I like Big E, and I think he is a uh, a funny guy. I think he's a character. I think he's a, a a whether you like him or don't like him around the SEC. Everett Kennard is a man who has a lot of people's respect, and uh, they like to hear stories. They like to talk to him, and I am one of those people. But. There's the butt. I thought Big E was way, way out of line with what he had to say on Twitter on on uh, on Monday. And I want to go a little step further beyond that. And then the notion that Mississippi State fans are spoiled. First off, I thought the, the, the analogy that Everett used was not a good one. He got a press conference clip of Nick Saban complaining about Alabama fans being spoiled. When he was talking about Alabama fans not being excited that they win every game and that they might lose one every now and then, and that's just the end of the world. He's not talking about Alabama football coming off of a last-place finish and headed towards another one. So the analogy in and of itself is bad. But the idea that Mississippi State fans are spoiled because they have one national title in 100-some-odd years of playing baseball, and now they're upset because their team has gotten you know embarrassed two weekends in a row, that doesn't sit well with me, Robbie. The the idea that that, that that there's you know that they the the fan base is spoiled. If anything, this fan base is overly supportive. There were twelve thousand plus people there on Saturday to watch State lose eighteen to five, and then you know from what I can tell, it's a decent crowd on Sunday as well. This fan base is pretty far from spoiled, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I respect uh, E a lot. I I disagree with this as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you remember when Joe Moorhead went on, uh, like, dog talk or something like that and talked about, you know, Nick Saban in his first year lost – well, had a losing record or whatever. I forget what it was, but he he was talk, He was, like, equating Nick Saban to himself. Like, why do people keep taking Alabama – things that happened at Alabama and compare them to things that are happening at Mississippi State when they're they're nowhere close to the same thing? This and you're exactly right. This this is nowhere in the same realm. This is this is not Mississippi State. Uh, you know, not you know fans complaining about not getting a national seed or something. This is Mississippi State fans being irate that their team that just won a national championship two years ago is the laughing stock of the country at this point in college baseball. Everybody in college, every fan the other day from Arkansas to Tennessee to LSU, was quote-tweeting my tweet about Mississippi State getting absolutely obliterated the likes that not even Mississippi Valley and Jackson State get against the SEC team, saying, what in the world? Is this score correct? What's going on here? That's what. That's why people are, are upset. They're not entitled. They're not, they're not spoiled. They're pissed off because this program should be in the top half, half of the country Top probably top ten in the country, and they're getting absolutely murdered against conference opponents, against teams that you're testing yourself against. That they're not even competitive. There were ten people from Kentucky in the stands to watch Mississippi State get run ruled at Kentucky, a program that doesn't care about baseball. There were ten Kentucky people in the stands. There were twelve thousand Mississippi State fans in the crowd. To, meet, to see Mississippi State give up nine runs in an inning against Vanderbilt. 
So, no, the people – and there are other people. I, amen, I agree with you. Yeah, I, yeah you, you tell them ever. No, this should be unacceptable. And for the people that hold Mississippi State in high regard, it should be un, unacceptable for them as well. I, I don't understand the people that continue to hold on to, like, we just need – everybody needs to be nice and everybody needs to, to be positive. That's out the window now. You know, Chris, Chris Lamonis is a millionaire – coaching a, a program that sells itself and is, is about to have back-to-back losing seasons. And uh, I love Chris too, and that, but he's not off limits. He's not. He's coaching a major college baseball program where expectations are at an all-time high. He's won a national championship. He doesn't get mulligans like this. And that that's why people are upset because he is expected, he is paid – to compete for national championships, and you've won one now, you've shown that you can win one at Mississippi State, you can't throw up back-to-back seasons like this. So it should be understood that there's going to be some people that are very upset about this. And I get it. Everett's close to this coaching staff. He's very close to them. He takes them everywhere. I understand that completely. That He has a different kind of relationship than most people do. But you've got to understand what you're dealing with here. I mean, you've right. got to. So let's 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 look a little closer at what Saban was saying in this. So this is uh this this press conference is from uh, two years ago, from twenty twenty one. So this is right before the Iron Bowl, and basically what he says is, when I came here, everybody was happy to win a game. Now we're not happy to win a game anymore. We're not happy to win a game at all. We think we should win games by whatever, and I don't think that's fair to the players either because our players work their butt off to be the best they can be and to get criticized for what they work hard to do so you can be entertained. So what he's saying is, you know, we're winning, but for Alabama fans, it's not we're not winning by enough. We're winning too many close games. You know, that's that's what's happening here. Which which I've always thought was kind of silly too from him. I mean, this is the monster that you created. Right, right, but I mean, at the same time I kind of see what he's saying in that you know, it's tough to win. It's not it's yeah. not easy to win. It doesn't matter who you're playing. It's not, especially in the SEC, it's not easy to win. So you got to appreciate those wins is what he's saying. What's happening in Mississippi State and what's happening in Alabama in, in the context of this press conference are completely different things. Mississippi State has now lost 17 straight 17 straight SEC baseball games dating back to last year. If you look back a year ago at this time, the first 6 conference games they were 3 and 3. They were competitive in five of those games. They lost a bad game to Georgia on uh, on the first week of the of the of the first game of the year. Lost eleven nothing, but they came back. They lost the next day twelve to eleven, and then they blew Georgia out. They won twenty to three. And even really, when you go through all of those series, even the ones they lost at the end of the year, they were competitive in almost every game. The only real exception is that that first game against Tennessee last year, where they got a sort of similar situation to what happened. Uh, Friday night with Vanderbilt. They just got completely destroyed. But this team isn't competitive. They haven't been competitive in five of the six SEC games. The scores in those games are 12-3, 17-3, 26-3, 18-5, If you want to say 11-7 is competitive, but I think we all know that that game was 11-3 and State tacked on some runs there at the end that, you know, in the eighth inning that nobody really cared about. So, it's just bother- the other thing that bothers me is this. I mean, at the end of the day, Everett is a Mississippi State employee. You can't be laying into your fans like that in times like this. It's different when Nick Saban does it. 
because nobody's going to say anything to Nick Saban, and Nick Saban is going to deliver on those th- on his, on 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 you know what what he's promising you there. I, I thought it was I thought it was not very good form to see that from from a Mississippi State employee. Is he employed by state though? Like does well, he, he didn't, I mean, he drives the bus, but he's regardless of what you because somebody else brought that up. <clears throat> I mean, he represents some because he it's drives semantics. The bus. Absolutely, he. As far as everybody else is concerned, if you say, "Hey, who's Everett Kennard?" What do you say? He's Mississippi State's team bus driver. So that I mean that, that there's an implication there that he works for Mississippi State, whether he gets paid by Mississippi State or not. I mean, he is affiliated with this university in that way. So I feel like, you know, I'm not trying to go off on you or anything. I'm just saying that I feel like that's a semantics thing where you're just saying, you know, he's actually contracted by, I don't care. The man represents Mississippi State. Well, you said employee, so I was just, I mean, he's not hes not an employee. But I, I, I don't know that saying. one way or the other, yeah. No, he, he's not. I know that. He's okay. not an employee. But I, I get what you're saying. He's... I mean, he drives their bus. He's he's riding around with Mississippi State on the bus. I get it. Yeah, he's in the locker room after games. Yeah. No, I mean, and I, like I, I, you know, I, I kind of straddle the fence on this a little bit, just because I like Everett. I know Everett, um, and I don't. I don't want to bash him. And I, I understand that people. I understand that fans are upset about that and they get upset about Everett. I get it. But I also disagree with what he says on, on this particular topic. I just, and listen, this fan, this fan base doesn't want to be talked to like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've gotten mad at us when we've talked about attending basketball games, stuff like that. I mean, you're just not, that's not the way to, to deal with this fan base. Mm-hmm. They don't take well to being talked down to, you know, right. it's just, it just doesn't, well, especially it doesn't in work. this situation, you know, where the idea that they're spoiled because they're upset that their team is zero and six. It'd be one thing if 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 Mississippi State had won the national title, and then in twenty twenty one they went they went to a regional and they got knocked out in the regional, and then the next year maybe they didn't host a regional and they got knocked out. So they're still in postseason play and they're still playing well. But it's just not up to that 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 old that national championship standard. Fine, I understand. You're like, look, guys, you know, you, you had to think there was going to be a little bit of a step back while the players you recruited off of the national title come in and start playing for you. I can yeah. I can get behind that. But when you people are complaining because their team is by far the worst in the conference and uncompetitive in five of their six games this year, that's not being spoiled. That's just being smart. That's just that's just everybody is is is. is Talking out what the truth is there. So, I mean, this program should never miss the NCAA tournament. It really should. It should always. It shouldn't. It, you might have one year where you have a, a run of injuries <clears throat> and, it, and it hurts you. But from, uh, you know, there's this is a program that we're being 500 in the SEC, and which is what you have to be. To, you know, if you're 500 in the SEC, if you're 15 and 15, you're going to the NCAA tournament. That shouldn't even be a, a challenge. It just shouldn't. And if that sounds like, you know, well, I mean, they've missed. They've missed three. This will be the third tournament they've missed in the last six years. I know, and every one of those was unacceptable. And John Cohen, had he not turned it around in 2016, would have been out of a job and never would have been Mississippi State's athletic director. And now Chris Lamonis is in that same spot where he's, you know, he got he, he got up. He had a bad year last year. This is the Mulligan year. You mentioned Mulligan. This is the Mulligan year. And so it's either going to be fix it this year. 
or it's going to be time to move on. You know, I, I, I fully believe that at this point. I cannot see a path to bring Chris Lamonis back if this team misses Hoover again. I just don't. Yeah. So, yeah, there's just, there's got to be a, a, a sense of read the room sometimes. You know, there's got to be a sense of, yeah, th- this isn't the time after you've after you've just given up fifty five runs or whatever in the weekend. This isn't the time to start, you know, telling the the fan base to just shut your mouth. Right, <laughs> you know? right. not really not, ever a time for that, but no, but especially, especially now. I mean, it's just yeah. So talk to Lamonis, you know, as we're recording here, uh, we, we're recording after Sports Talk Mississippi. So this is uh, happening after we talked to Coach Lamonis. Who did say that? Uh, you know, just, just just some some housekeeping stuff here. Evan Sierra will get the start for Mississippi State on Tuesday, but that will be a full uh, bullpen uh, day for the Bulldogs. Expect a bunch of guys to pitch. And Bradley Lofton's moving to the weekend. Now he did not give any indication of Bradley Lofton being a starter. If they just want to have him available or whatever, what do, what do you where do you see Bradley Lofton fitting in? Do you think you just go ahead and, and plug him in as a starter at this point, or do you what do you do? Uh, I mean, I would, I would start him. I think. Yeah. But I mean, and I mean, it, it should be open season. It, there, there's nobody that has a guaranteed spot at this point as a starter. Um, Drangelo wasn't great last Friday. Landon Gartman's had back-to-back blow-ups. Um, you can't throw Intima out there. I, you Don't know, you think that Gartman? I mean, what what have we seen from Gartman, right? He's good for maybe a trip, maybe two through the order. That's a yeah, I'm, that's a guy uh, yeah. to bring in, you know, after somebody gives you five to bridge you to the seventh to maybe get to Nixon or Dome. Either that, or you he, you do a uh, Trevor Fitz and he pitches like the first four innings and then he's out. I don't and mind. You can't that. go further than that. Like yeah. he ju- he's just your opener, and then you have Nate Dome or somebody behind him. I don't I don't know. But like I said, I, I don't think anyone has a guaranteed starting spot at this point. I don't think there's a a single person that's that started that you can make a case definitely needs to be in the rotation. That's just where things are. I mean, I feel like Gerangelo probably is still going to be in there. Mm-hmm. I still think Gartman's probably going to be in there. But and don't you think uh, Dome deserves another shot? I mean, yeah. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's still your, he's still probably your. So would your you best go? Pitcher. Would you go, Drangelo, Dome, Lofton, or you know, I might do what they did and just you know, if he is needed on Friday, then you bring him in on Friday, and then you worry about Sunday later. I, th- I think that's what the plan was going to be for Vanderbilt. I think it was going to be if we need Dome on Friday or Saturday, we will pitch him um, whenever the time comes. If we don't use him, then we'll pitch him on Sunday. Um, I know a lot of people would, would rather him just go ahead and start on Friday. I, that wouldn't really bother me either. I, I don't know if there's just a right or wrong answer at this point because everybody they put out there struggles, it seems like. There, there's nothing that has worked when it comes to pitching so far. So uh, it's just still kind of a you know wait and see for, for Mississippi State pitching. Yeah. He also talked, and we didn't go go down this road with him, but he made it sound like there might be more lineup changes as well. I mean, the left side of the infield is just a nightmare right now. Foresight with eight errors. It's been a revolving door at third base. 
I think Hijack was like good enough on Sunday. He probably he hit, is. He had a home run. You got to give him another shot. Yeah. Yeah. He probably starts on Tuesday and Friday, I would think. Yeah. Well, Thursday. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. <laughs> Thursday. You're right. You're right. Forget about that. And then at short, I mean, I assume Forsythe's going to get the start, but I mean, it feels like the, the leash might be getting a little shorter with him as well. You know, he, he has been hitting the ball okay this year, which is probably what saved him. If he was hitting 220 with these kind of errors, you would have to you would have to make a change. I just don't know. There's just a lot, there's a lot of wrong with Mississippi State baseball right now. Lamona said if he could fix anything first, it would be pitching. And I have to agree with him because that would take care of a lot of other stuff. But we'll see. Samford tomorrow night or tonight, I guess, as you're listening, and then the weekend series, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with South Carolina. Big games uh coming up for Mississippi State. Let's move on into football. Let's brought to you by our good friends over at Missis- at the uh, Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef is what's for dinner. This weekend, nothing will beat the sizzle of beef on the grill. Fire up the grill and throw some beef on there. Some steaks or some, some burgers. Always a great choice for a quick meal for your family. But if you got some time and you want to th- throw that big brisket on there or a tri-tip, make it happen. They're all great cuts and they're all delicious. And they're good for you, too. Load it with protein. Load it with vitamins and minerals. You just can't go wrong. So this weekend, head to the grocery store, put some red meat in the cart, and head home for a great cookout. Beef, it's what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. Robbie, we are we are a little behind on our Two Brothers schedule. Perhaps this week we should uh, I want to catch up on that. Yes. Let's make that happen. All right, let's try to I lock that it. in. Lock it in. You, I can you, do it. You lock it. That's right. Let's do it. So there you go. Robbie and I will be eating two brothers this week, as should you. If you're going to be here for baseball, if you're ever in Starkville and you need a place to stop and eat, the number one spot spot for me, Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District. Great products and great service is what every business likes to promise you, but Advantage Business Systems, they can deliver it to you, and they have been doing that for 48 years. When you need technology products for your business, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you need service, you talk to the same people who made you the sale. You have that relationship. It's not an overseas call center. It's not an out-of-state consultant. It's your friend that you've already done business with many times before. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. Call them at 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, that's the one you need to check out for the quarter zips and polos that you're looking for. Great-looking clothes, name brands that you trust, and most importantly, they have the logos that you want. You don't have to look like a walking billboard when you show up at the Mississippi State Sporting Event. You can just have on a nice maroon polo, a nice subtle, understated script state or M over S logo. That's what you want. That's what the Rogue has to offer. Check them out at the store, at the, uh, the shop, the Rogue in Jackson, or shop online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Don't worry about being a walking billboard. Get a walking bully. There it is. Million-dollar idea. Good job. Boom. You made it happen. I'm proud of you. Uh, this weekend, if you're looking for something a little bit different, a little bit more, uh, shall we say, classy, head over to Luva Wine Bar over at 509 University Drive, an incredible location, great spot, and in a place that you're really going to enjoy a huge wine list hand curated by one of the top sommeliers in the South, great craft cocktails and fantastic food, charcuterie, flatbreads, 
it's just a fantastic place to go check out. If you haven't been there yet, you are missing out. If you have been there, then you already know. It's Starville's best-kept secret right now. It's Luva Wine Bar at 509 University Drive. Well, it's been three years since we've had to do one of these, but it is a positional breakdown on the tight end position. Kind of an interesting one. You know, if we're just talking about spring, the guys we expect to be the big contributors, uh, Ryland uh, uh, Goaty and uh, uh, Jaquarius Spivey, not participating in spring deal drills. Goody's still finishing up at Georgia. Spivey is actually already here in Starkville, but not eligible to start until the summer. And so you've got kind of this makeshift crew, and I think you've got a couple of guys there who will stay at tight end and a couple of guys there who probably won't. Like, I don't think Malik Ellis's future is at tight end. I think that's a guy who will they'll end up moving him back to the offensive line and finding, you know, he'll start putting on weight and going from there. Whereas I could see Antonio Harmon remaining at tight end. I could see Jaquarius Clayton remaining at tight end. So this is a good sort of a time for those two guys to really get a lot of reps that they wouldn't necessarily get if the other two guys, Spivey and Goaty, were here. Yeah, no doubt. And it, it would it would be great for Mississippi State if they had those other tight ends, the guys that are, you know, actual tight ends uh, eligible or at least on campus to play this spring. But you, you kind of just deal with the hand that you're dealt. And right now, State's had to move some guys around. And, and you know, I don't think it hinders their development just a ton no. if they do move them back. It just it gives you an opportunity to work with that that position group, show give the defense a look, give the offense a look with that position group. I mean, obviously, it feels like Goaty and and Spivey are probably going to be your top two guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it's good for those guys to to get some reps of different position too. I mean, if it doesn't work out for Ty Cooper at linebacker or on the defensive side of the ball, then maybe he could help you out at tight end. Malik Ellis, I don't know. I mean, he's Malik is is kind of thin, man. I don't know how much weight well, he's going to be able to put on. He's about the same size, though, if I'm correct, that Charles Cross was. You know, towards at some point in high school. And I'm <laughs> yeah, not trying but, to make a comparison there. But well, I, you know, I I thought that too, but I just don't know if he's going to uh, put on the weight like Charles did. Mm-hmm. Charles, you know, some guys don't put on weight, so I mean, really? he might not be able. Yeah, I I yeah. need to meet some of these people. And it and took me ten years to start blood. It took me ten years to start uh, getting a gut. So I need to do a a genetic swap with them in some way if I can. Um, well, we'll <laughs> see then. The tight end position is going to be a key one in in this offense for sure, especially I think early in the season. You know, when you're still trying to figure things out offensively, you know, the tight end is is the great safety valve. And and look, Will Rogers showed that Mississippi State can move the chains with the safety valves. Last year, that was the running backs. You know, dumping the ball off to Marks and Johnson last year that that afforded Mississippi State a lot of opportunities, and I, I think it could be a sort of a similar situation this year. And with Goaty, this is a guy, you know, for me that, you know, he's played at at Georgia with two guys who are going to be first-round picks. Darnell Washington will be one this year. Brock Bowers will be one next year. So it's, it's, you know, this is a a guy who transferred out, and it's not, it's not ridiculous that he did, right? He he was never going to be the starter. Those two guys are better than him. 
And Mississippi State, you know, that, that, that that's fine. If you're getting at Georgia's third-string guy, and he's still good enough for Georgia, he's just not good enough to play in front of those two guys. It means you got a quality, talented football player. So when he arrives, I think he has a chance to be a, a, a good player for Mississippi State. Spivey, we all know what a freak athlete he is. It's just going to be a question of he, can he deliver some consistency. And then you have the other two guys. Do you, Antonio Harmon is really interesting. I thought that... You know, last year, I think they wanted him to become a bigger piece of the offense, and he just couldn't find some consistency here and there to, to get him more reps. But I think from a talent perspective, he, he will, he'll be just fine. Yeah, for sure. And he had his opportunities. He had kind of emerged on the outside and had his chances, and he just kind of dwindled out a little bit. And you, you started to see kind of the emergence of Justin Robinson. But this is kind of a new life for him, I and mean, this is a chance for him because he's not going to be the the outside guy for Mississippi State in this offense. This is a chance for him to find his niche, find his place, and really blossom there. And this is also a uh, spring where he's going to have a head start on Jaquarius Spivey and Rylan Goody. Mm-hmm. He's got a chance to to become like the number one guy if he wants to. So. This is a huge spring for him, and I think he's taken some steps too. I think you're starting to see him really take a step forward and and really get comfortable in that position. How many, you know, if I said the the tight end position or the the state starting tight end has X number of catches this year, what, what what's what's a good number there? Uh, twenty, twenty five. Okay, so see, I think it, it it has an opportunity to possibly be a little bit higher. Maybe be in that 30, 35 range. Um, just, I just don't know. Like, do you want your tight end to have that much? Like, depends, right? I mean, I would. You think- have so many of these wide receivers that you've got to get the ball mm-hmm. and keep happy. Like, well, I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if if that's the guy who's open, that's the guy who has to get the ball. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, if it's his, if they're making the plays, that's right. Perfectly yeah, I, acceptable. I think for state, you know, if if Godey, I think it's going to be Godey, and I think if he if he finishes the year thirty two catches for three hundred and sixty eight yards and three or four touchdowns, that's a fantastic stat line for Mississippi State. It probably means you did well because if he that that probably means he's like your fourth or fifth leading receiver. So everybody else above him is is you know in the forty catch range. I, I like I said earlier when we talked to wide receivers last week. I don't think State's going to have an 80-catch receiver or anything like that next year, but they could have a couple of 50-catch guys and maybe a couple of 40-catch guys. So, you know, the tight end sitting there at 30, 35 catches, to me, is just is just about right. I, I, I don't know. I'm not taking the running backs into account either. So we'll have, to, we'll have to see. My brain, by the way, it is difficult for me to calculate how many passes are going to be attempted and completed this year because of the last three years. Like, my brain wants to say he's going to have 70 catches. But I can't, you know. I know that that's not the case. I'm still well, it's just, a, it's just like how we were. Rate. It's how we were whenever Mike Leach got here, and we're trying to force in our brain they're going to throw the ball 700 times. Yeah, it took some. It took some doing to get there, and now, now here we are. So this is an interesting group that we just. I mean, at the end of the day, this is the group we know the least about. We got two guys coming in to Starkville that you know we haven't seen. Uh, and we've seen Spivey, but we haven't seen in this offense. And then everybody else, this is their first go round at tight end. Ever, you know, in, in their in their career. So, you know, I, I guess Clayton played a little tight end, I think as a sophomore in high school, but then he, he moved to the offensive line. So gonna be interesting to see how how it works. You know, when we get to see some scrimmages and get to see the spring game, I'm you know, I want to see how these guys look. 
we'll take it from there. All right, and we'll do the offensive line uh, next week. Uh, rumblings tomorrow, so we'll have all your questions to come in. I assume they're going to be angry and baseball-related. We're ready for them. Don't worry. Um, and then I'm, i, I got to re- make a, a quick uh, interview request on somebody because I think what we're going to do, Robbie, is you know, we, we always do our opponent previews in, in the summer, but what I want to do is sort of go around the SEC. I think everybody has an interest in SEC football, so let's get a spring update from everybody in the SEC. So we'll start. We'll just go alphabetically. We'll start with Alabama. Uh, so we'll talk to either Michael Casagrande or somebody like that, just to see what's going on uh, spring football-wise around the conference. I think that'll be something people will be uh, interested in. And if you're not, well, I, I misjudged you. So yeah, I, I won't be the first time. Guys, have a uh, great Tuesday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Wednesday for Robbie Falk. I am Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Light on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.